Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast show, a podcast that helps foster respect through inclusion, service, and equity. Now here's your host, Stacey Hegarty. Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast. I'm Stacey Hegarty, Vice President of Equity and Inclusion for Envision Rise. Joining me today are two guests. We have Mary Galloway, who is the founding board member of Women's Society of Cyber Jutsu, and Tanisha Martin, who is the executive director and founder of Black Girls Hack. Welcome. Thank you both for joining us today. Good morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. <laughs> it is early on the West Coast for Mary. <laughs> it is, but it's okay. <laughs> and Tanisha on the East Coast, you've been up for a while. <laughs> I have. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Let's talk about your organizations and how they started, How and you two have a long history together. So may, let's start with, with some introductions. Tanisha, go ahead and introduce yourself, talk a little bit about Black Girls Hack and where you're headed. Awesome. Um, so I'm Tanisha Martin, it's Executive Director for Black Girls Hack. Um, we started maybe about two years ago um, to increase diversity in cybersecurity um, and to just raise representation and provide training in ethical hacking um, you know, for people who are trying to get into cybersecurity. Um, but I, I want to just say, before I even started Black Girls Hack, I was a member of Women's Cyber Jetsu. I've been, you know, hanging out with them and hacking with them for probably I guess, 10 years at this point. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm a very, very big fan of Mary. I actually refer to her as the Mary because I believe that you need to put respect on, you know, the people who come before <laughs> you's names. So I'm very excited to be here with her and, you know, about what's going on with the Black Girls Hack. All right, the Mary, tell us. <laughs> That's actually my name on um, Twitter and on uh, LinkedIn. Um, but no, so I've, I've been around Cyber Jitsu since, well, since the beginning. Um, I actually stumbled upon the organization after I failed my CISSP and I was looking for a study group and it happened to pop up on Meetup and I was like, let me just go see what this is about. And what Lisa had done was bring together women in the Northern Virginia area to do penetration testing and learn cybersecurity and ethical hacking. But then she also brought folks from around the country through virtual workshops and trainings. And so what we like to do is provide hands-on training for women and girls looking to enter into the space. And that's anything from intro to cybersecurity all the way up to uh, penetration testing, digital forensics, reverse malware engineering. We're going to probably have one of those soon, hopefully. And everything in between, including core skills, you know, resume writing and interviewing. And we go to conferences together. We do lobby cons. We have our own conferences. We support other organizations like Black Girls Hack. Tanisha's awesome, so I'm really excited to <laughs> to be on with her. <laughs> she's like my she's like my mentor without being my mentor. She doesn't know that yet because she got like a gazillion degrees and she's freaking smart, man. Like <laughs> smart. <laughs> so that's what we do. Okay. All right. So these are two really incredible organizations. If I understand that both organizations are working with young women, particularly black women or women of color, who are interested in cybersecurity, in ethical hacking. Mm -hmm. Before we go any further, define ethical hacking. <laughs> Knowing <laughs> what the bad I'm guys sure do. Everyone knows. <laughs> Knowing what the bad guys do with permission. <laughs> Written <laughs> permission. <Okay. laughs> so let, let, let's talk about 
who you're serving, what your hopes are, what your goals are for outcomes for the, for, for the women that you serve and the girls that you serve. I don't know if you do serve any young men or non-binary folks, but definitely women since it's in your titles. <laughs> um, for us, we it's, it's all women. doesn't matter if you're young, old, black, white, Asian, new to the industry, already in the industry. It doesn't really matter. We do have male members in the organization that support, you know, they, they take the workshops as well. They volunteer, they, they help with a lot of different things. If there's non-binary folks, they're welcome to, like anybody is welcome. Honestly, we don't really, we're not going to single you out because you're not a woman. <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. I think the same is for us as well. Um, you know, we started out to advocate on behalf of, you know, one of the smallest populations in cybersecurity being black girls and women, you know, our, you know, squad, as I like to call them, you know, have a little bit of everybody at this point. So, you know, the only requirement is that you want to come hack with us. You know, we don't necessarily care if you're white or, or brown or blue or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, as long as you want to hack and, you know, you're a, a decent human being, you know, we don't really have any, uh, any other requirements for that. So what kinds of jobs can people get when they go through your programs? I know that's that's a big end goal. What kinds of roles are you preparing women for? All of them. All right. I like it. Take over the world. I love uh, the cybersecurity world. Tanisha knows. <laughs> she has a saying for that. <laughs> world domination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, as far as the the careers, um, you know, we typically try to look at cybersecurity kind of like as an umbrella, um, where there's probably like, you know, I think people have attempted to enumerate it, and there's maybe like 50 plus um, different careers under the cybersecurity, you know, landscape. Um, so, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a hacker to, you know, hang out with, with us. Um, you know, we have people who are interested in GRC, people who are interested in secure development. And like I said, the on only thing that is common is like that you're interested in cybersecurity as a whole. We've got some people who are just interested in tech you know, who are interested in the resources. But, you know, like I said, you know, if they're willing to come out and learn with us, that that's all that's necessary. And there's so many options out there as far as what they can do. You know, we try to provide, you know, well-rounded hacking human beings, you know, so we'll, we'll try to offer things in, you know, blue team and red team. So like that's, you know, defense and offense um, within the cybersecurity space. The sky is literally the limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same thing. Um Pretty much any job in cybersecurity that somebody wants, we try to provide enough training, enough options for them to get an idea of what they want to do mm -hmm. and then put them in touch with folks that are already working in that space to say, you know, what is it like to do this and how can I do the same thing and how can we connect and you bring me in and that kind of thing. So it's not just one specific job, even for leaders, right? If people want to go into leadership, uh, we're starting to add some of those kinds of opportunities and trainings at Cyber Jitsu to help prepare folks for that next level. Now, Mary, I think you were talking about how you do work with, with the women on some of the essential skills or you know, mm -hmm. the soft skills, as we used to call them, interviewing, resume, writing, those kinds of things. Talk a little bit about that. It's great to be technical, but you have to be able to get a job <laughs> and know how to talk once you're in the job, because everybody that you're talking to is not going to be technical. And you have to be able to explain those complex things to folks that don't understand. So we thought it was really important to incorporate mock interviewing and mock interviewing virtually, right? Because we're in a virtual world right now, helping people with their resumes. It's really important that you have the right words in your resume. 
I know when I first started, I was using the same resume for every single job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, why am I not getting hired? And then I realized, oh, I need to cater my resume a little bit. Um, and so we want to make sure that they're aware of that because a lot of folks have never even done a resume. Or they've put every, they've put their job description on the resume and it's like, wait a minute, that's not really what you did. And right. <laughs> and do you find that the women that you're working with, especially those who have not really done a resume before or not had anybody proofreading it and going over it, do you find that they skip over some of those essential skills. I know a lot of times when I'm talking to college students, they or even high school students, they kind of go, "Oh, that doesn't count as anything," and not realizing that no, that's really a skill outside of your technical training or that skill set that employers are looking for. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks, we we tell them to put their volunteer work on there when they're volunteering with us or with Black Girls Hack, whatever it is. People look at that. Like 60% of hiring managers look for volunteer work on resumes because it shows you're doing something outside of just work. So you'll see it all the time. They're like, but I, I did a CTF, but it's like, yeah, but you learned all these skills from the CTF. So mm -hmm. put that on there, right? They like to see that too. People care about the work you've done, but I feel like they care a little bit more about what else you've done outside of work. Like, what do you do? Who are you as a person? I would add to that people, you know, tend to, you know, cybersecurity is one of those fields where you don't necessarily have a, an entry level per se. If you look at the job requisitions, they want you to kind of like have some years of experience. So they want mm -hmm. to see that you, you know, have done something in this space. And, you know, it's one of those kind of things like, how do I, you know, get ID if I don't have ID, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of times, I, you know, I do the same thing um, as, as Mary said, which is, you know, hey, make sure that you can speak to what you're doing in your home labs. Make sure you can speak to the things that you're doing on Try Hack Me and Hack the Box. Make sure that you've got like your, you know, your star stories, your situation tasks, action and results together so that when the interviewer says, hey, tell me about a time that you've done this, you can, you know, not only incorporate the things that you're doing in your home lab, but you can also, you know, highlight those skills that are common across multiple industries, right? Mm -hmm. So, a lot, you know, people who are trying to get into cybersecurity often say, oh, well, you know, I've got 10 years of experience in project management, for example, but I don't have any skills in cybersecurity. And I'm like, well, no, no you've got, <laughs> you've got 10 years of experience in a field, which is directly relevant to what we do in cybersecurity. We need cybersecurity project managers. Mm -hmm. We need cybersecurity accountants. We need cybersecurity, you know, all of the things, people who understand like the uh, healthcare context, mm -hmm. um, the importance of patient safety when you're dealing with, you know, data in, in cybersecurity. These are all things that are needed. So, you know, I think it's important that when people are you know, especially transitioning from one industry to another, that they, you know, know the, the value that they brought to those organizations and they can highlight that and, you know, saying, hey, in addition to doing this stuff, you know, I've now, you know, been researching in, in cybersecurity. I've been doing, you know, boxes. I've been doing, you know, hacking exercises. And, you know, I can bring all of this, these skills to your organization and be a value to your organization. And I, I think that that's important because, you know, people, with 10 years of experience in something else, you know, are not necessarily the same as somebody who just came out of high school. Entry level is not necessarily mean, you know, you are new to, you know, work. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's important that people, you know, join organizations like ours and so that you can work with somebody to, you know, point out the value that you've brought because you may say, oh, you know, I just did this and this and it, 
that's not that serious, right? But maybe those are essential skills that are needed for somebody. I think it's important that you, you know, know what you brought to those organizations so that you can, you know, speak about that and also put it on your resume, you know, so you can get through these like ATS systems, you know, and get your resume actually seen. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a really important point is getting through the systems just to get your resume seen. And I think, Mary, I think you and I were talking about this at one point, Tanisha, it may have been you. We were talking about these jobs being over-credentialed, you know, requiring yes. a bachelor's degree or a master's degree for a lot of these jobs is not necessary. Yet the systems are set up to filter out people who have a lot of great skills, who would add a lot of value only because they don't, don't have a completed degree. Are you seeing any changes in that? You don't necessarily need a master's degree to do a lot of these jobs. You don't necessarily need even a bachelor's degree um, to do some of these jobs. Some of the, you know, dopest hackers I know don't have a degree, you know, mm -hmm. so, you know, they may have some certifications or something that sh demonstrates their work, but they've had to work their way, you know, basically from the ground up through demonstrating their abilities and then just other people just hearing through word of mouth what it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that you know, requiring a CISSP, which requires five years and a sponsor, or, you know, other certifications like that, it's it's gatekeeping behavior, which is keeping very qualified people from even, even getting their resumes reviewed. Hiring managers need to care about what a an individual can do, and not necessarily if they meet a checkbox. I, I understand in like the government consulting space that, you know, there's certain you know, requirements like a, you know, a 8570, which is like a baseline, hey, I need to have a security plus to do anything with the government. Okay, so that's fair, right? That's not mm -hmm. gatekeeping. That's, you know, a requirement to be able to be to work, right? But I don't need a CISSP to be a pen tester. I don't need a CISSP to be, you know, to, to run a sock. You know, right. so it's, it's, it's really comes down to, you know, what are the actual skills that you need to be able to be employed in this career and how much of that can be be taught? You know, can you take a person who has, you know, cybersecurity fundamentals, maybe solid, you know, networking and security basics, and can you train them and teach them in the, the business that your organization is in? Can you, you know, basically give them all of the skills that you need that are specific to your organization. And then, you know, maybe not have to pay as much for, you know, some of those higher credentialed or higher experienced people. And then also be able to, you know, help to fill some of those, you know, 500,000 jobs that are out there that are not currently being filled. You know, so, how many? Wow. In the United a million States. jobs. Yeah. yeah it, in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> in the United more. States. <laughs> And then put on top of that, uh, in my world, I hear a lot of talk of, yeah, we'd like to hire uh, more diverse candidates, but we can't find them. Yeah, that's a lie. That's a yeah. shame. And that's crap. <laughs> Somebody, people tell me that all the time. And I look at them like, did you even try? Mm -hmm. Like, I can go outside right now and probably find five candidates for you in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and Vegas is a tourist town. Right. There's no reason that you can't, you have to reach out side of your circles. People are afraid to go outside of where they're comfortable, what they know. There's whole groups of people that don't have degrees, but that have the skill and the talent to do the work and can be taught. You know what I'm saying? Like cybersecurity can change someone's life. And folks that say they can't find people, they're, they're actually, they're affecting people's lives when they say that. When I was working at the casino, we would do a, an event uh, where they would bring in certain schools here in Vegas to talk to the different organizations at the casino. So cyber and like hospitality management and 
you know, front desk, like the different areas. And we would tell the kids, yeah, you can get a career in cybersecurity. And they're like, what? What is that? They don't even know because <laughs> nobody's telling them. But they're on their phones, on social media, on TikTok and YouTube. They're like, I want to be a YouTuber. It's like, you can be in cybersecurity and get out of where you're at. Because mm-hmm. usually it's the schools that are, that have less funding. You know, they don't have all of the same resources. All of those kids were super talented. They could all come into cybersecurity right now and make a difference, but they're not being tapped into. That's why with, with us and with Black Girls Hack, we're trying to tap into those those areas, those groups. Let's then, talk about those high schoolers. How are, you, <laughs> how are you reaching them? How are you getting to them? Because you're right, the schools that have more funding... They have STEM labs, they have STEAM labs, they have access Mm -hmm. to all of this, but the schools that don't have more funding, how, how are you getting in and trying to support those ninth through 12th graders who are just starting to think about what's next? Well, we do Cyber Jitsu Girls Academy. So it's a STEM-based program for middle and high school girls. And we will look for every single middle and high school in the area, reach out to their counselors and say, hey, Send your kids. Here's some opportunities. We partner with organizations to provide send girls to them and all of that stuff. And it's just it doesn't even matter if they go into cyber or tech or STEM. It's just giving them the exposure, giving them the opportunity to make that decision on their own. Yeah, I was going to say just letting them know that they have the option. Um, You know, we have something similar we're rolling out, um, you know, this summer, which is for us, the Black Kids Hack Program. Um, And it's going to be based on ninth through 12th graders initially, because, you know, as you said, this is a matter of exposure. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of these students don't know you know, that cybersecurity exists. Um, You know, they're generally like, hey, when I grow up, I want to be an engineer or I want to be a lawyer or I want to be a doctor, right? You know, those those common check boxes that, you know, our parents' parents thought, you know, hey, these are good positions. This is what I want my kid Mm -hmm. to be, right? But a lot of them don't understand what it means to be in cybersecurity or what it means to to be a hacker. I I tell folks the story of like um, my doctor, you know, uh, my husband told her that I was a hacker and, you know, she was like, why would you say that out loud? Why would you tell <laughs> why would you tell other people? Because, you know, in her mind, she thought of an hacker as being, you know, a, a, a malicious hacker, you know, a bad actor, right? And she didn't realize that, you know, there are both ethical hackers and non-ethical hackers and that this is a career that's a possibility for somebody. So for her, you know, it was kind of like a bad word. Maybe her kids don't know that, um, you know, cybersecurity is the career option or her, or her grandkids, for example. So, you know, programs like the the Girls Academy and Black Kids Hack will hopefully, you know, reach those populations and let them know like, hey, you're already on your your computer. You're already on your phone. You understand, you know, like, hey, don't click on links. You understand that there's security implications to the things that you do. So, you know, how can we, what are different ways that people will approach these systems? You know, the diversity of thought, I think it's going to be important for us moving forward, you know, in cybersecurity that we, you know, start to get more of the younger kids involved so that, you know, we can get people who, by the time they get ready to go to college, you know, will major in mathematics or major in, you know, computer science and be able to, you know, approach some of the real world applications, you know, things like artificial intelligence and machine learning, you know, decision-making systems that, you know, impact um, healthcare, criminal justice reform, anything really. Um, And then, you know, once we, you know, provide exposure to those students, they can actually then take those skills and be able to provide 
um, you know, downstream impacts to improve, you know, the, the uses that we're doing for these systems, you know, so that people can be safer and then they can, you know, they have different ways of approaching things. You know, there are kids now, like I saw like a baby on, on um, Instagram the other day that, you know, basically took the phone, logged into it, you know, <laughs> with whatever the code was, you know, navigated to wherever YouTube was and put, put what they wanted to watch on it. And it's just like, you know, these kids have been mm-hmm. raised on mm-hmm. these devices. So, you know, nobody knows them, you know, better than, you know, kids that have basically been raised on them, right? You know, what mm-hmm. if these kids understood the possibilities that were out there? And I, I think that programs like the the Cyber Jitsu Girls Academy and, and Black Kids Hack w- are going to do that. And, and, you know, for the Girls Academy have been doing that, you know, and impacting the surrounding communities, you know, because those students now have been exposed and now can, mm-hmm. you know, know that there's an option out there for them, you know, outside of things that traditionally are provided to especially girls as possible careers. You know, we don't have to do the pink jobs. We can put on a hoodie and, you know, sit in our basement if we wanted to. Well, we're getting close to running out of time here, but I do want to give you each an opportunity to talk about how how our listeners can get involved. What do, what do you need from people right now to help support your organizations and where can they get more information? Funding. Okay. Nonprofits so, always need funding. Like? <laughs> uh, <laughs> need funding for programs, funding for uh, to to be able to send some of our members to conferences and things. Black Girls Hack is doing a uh, send send a squad member to DefCon thing. They're trying to get twenty folks to go. Um, we're about to launch our Hack a Pass competition for DefCon tickets, and we need volunteers. We need space. As we're going back into in-person events, um, we're going to need space for hosting workshops and trainings and meetups and networking things. Um, We have Cyber Jitsu Con coming up June 18th at the Maritime Conference Center in Maryland by BWI. So if people want to fly in, it's right there. There's a hotel attached to it. June 18th, come out, support, be a part of the fun. I'll be there. So, so we all the companies that have said they're looking for people and can't find them, you're telling them exactly where they're located. Exactly. <laughs> right there. So. Yeah, I, I would just echo those same things. If even if it's if you're short on funds, you know, we also need things like, you know, training. A lot of organizations mm-hmm. provide training commercially, right? I'm sure those organizations need to give back, you know, donate some of that training to, Mm -hmm. you know, the the women of cyber jitsu or black girls hack so that, you know, we can skill up our, our, our members, um, and better prepare them for careers in cybersecurity, um, volunteering, um, mentoring, you know, you can Mm -hmm. mentor a few hours a month and that's, you know, something that will cause a big impact to the, the lives of the people because, you know, they, they need people. I can't tell you like how much of an impact Mary has been in my own personal life, um, you know, mentoring me for, you know, and just, you know, basically adopting me and, you know, saying, hey, you know, this is how to make your life a little bit easier as you're trying to navigate the space. And, you know, people like her, you know, have been an amazing, had an amazing impact on me personally. And I know that, you know, other people need mentors as well to provide direction in, you know, specific areas. It could just be general careers um, in cybersecurity, or it could just be as simple as, you know, how, how to navigate in a space that's primarily male, you know, as a woman or as a black woman or a Latin, um, you know, woman or someone that's non-binary. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways that, 
don't necessarily need to be financial for people to give back. We would obviously, of course, appreciate financial um, donations, you know, because that helps. Um, and you can write it off as a tax write-off. <laughs> but, you know, we, we will take time or, you know, anything else that will help to, you know, and make an impact in our industry. And your websites. Let's give your web addresses. Women'sCyberJitsu.org. J-U-T-S-U.org. And uh, ours is blackgirlshack.org. Excellent. Well, thank you both for joining us today. There were a whole lot of acronyms that I don't know, but I'm sure people in cybersecurity <laughs> understand. And people who go into cybersecurity will soon understand. Tanisha Martin and the Mary Galloway, thank you both for joining us on the Envision Rise podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, diversity and inclusion should not be treated as a one-off initiative. And so with your help, we can get this message to more people. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and be a part of making a difference, because it starts with you.